This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. Welcome to Shonen Flop Chibi, first impressions mini episode where we talk about the first chapter of the series that we'll be covering in depth next week with our guest, Evan Gard. I'm Jordan, and with me today, as usual, is my lovely co-host, David. Say hi, David. Hiya, David. Oh, David, that's interesting. Uh, you got you got a little bit of a German accent on there, I believe. Yeah, yeah. we are talking about Ginka and Huluna today. And Huluna, <laughs> yeah. So Tucker gave us a guide of how to pronounce that series, and I thought, let's do one he didn't recommend as a potential way to pronounce the series. Uh, yeah, so... Galuna. <laughs> Galuna, yeah. So um, there's a little pronunciation guide out to an English speaker. It looks like this manga's title is Ginka and Gluna. However, there's a little note in the manga that says the G in Luna is silent. And it also has an umlaut. So it's like you, I literally just looked up a pronunciation guide before we started recording. So it's like Ginka and Luna. And I'm sorry, but we're just going to call her Luna. Yep. I don't speak German. Neither does David, uh, I don't believe so. I'm just thinking of that SpongeBob meme where it's like, uh, I don't speak Italian or something. <laughs> I can't understand your accent. <laughs> oh, that's also a preview of the quality we thought of this series based on this first chapter. What? Ooh. All right. So let's get into that. So Jordan, though, you mind telling us a little bit about the series? So this was written by Shinpei Watanabe. Oh, that's such a fun, that's just a, you know, you got something interesting going on when they got that last name. Watanabe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is fun. It ran from uh, September 12th, 2022 to April 10th, 2023 for 29 chapters in four volumes. And mm-hmm. why don't we get into that fucking plot summary, David? Hell yeah, yeah. Daddy. All right. So Luna is a young orphan girl studying magic on her own in the mountains, trying to survive by picking snow bananas. She puts her hat and scarf on a badly made snowman because it looks cold before going home to find that her house was broken into and her snow bananas were eaten. Oh, no. I don't know if that happened right after this because the time frame of this manga is very hard to follow, but... This is some Beast Children level... Wait, I don't understand this timeline. Wait, when did this happen? Did this just happen? Was there like three days in between that? Was there a week? Anyway, there before her is the snowman looking much more solid. Looks like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. His name is Ginka, powerful magician who lost his body and placed his soul within a snowman for some reason. Out of gratitude for the hat and scarf, he decides to teach Luna magic. Almost called her Gluna. Five years pass <laughs> and wow, he did it. She's a magician. Whoa. She could talk to deer now. She's got this uh, mystical wise deer just like leading her places. Ginka says... His work is done and she can leave the mountain. But David, he won't be going with her. Oh, no. Popcorn David. She's really sad, but the deer takes her to a cave that was the site of a huge magic fight that she somehow never ran into in her life of living there and probably is a lot more interesting than what happened in this chapter. Yes. The deer says that Ginkgo lost his body in this fight and while he wants to leave the mountain, he can't because he's a fucking snowman, you idiot. He needs the cold or he's going to melt. <laughs> How did 
does she not like figure that's why? It's like, what? Ginko, why can't you leave the mountain? And it's like, he's a fucking snowman, Luna. Like, what? And this is this just like, imagine if he's like, why aren't you melting? Despite being I'm like, I'm always frosty, baby. Oh, he is frosty the snowman, though, like literally. Yeah, it's their cover <laughs> art. Yeah. There's a really great comic where it's like Medusa's trying to like turn this guy to stone. She's like, why won't you turn to stone? He's like, because I'm already rock hard, baby. No, I did It's a fucking great panel. Um, shit, where was I? Luna, realizing that Ginka actually wants to leave, grabs him and leaps into the surrounding forest. When he starts to melt, she uses magic to make him not melt, which I guess he couldn't do despite him being a really powerful sorcerer. Like, she could just do that, so he could, like... He's like, oh, why didn't I just think of that? Yeah, like, dude... Then a giant goat monster with two heads and three titties attacks. So Luna makes Ginka get really big and he says, make my monster grow. Yes, literally. And he punches the goat to make it explode. The two then begin the journey to find Ginka's body. Yeah. End of chapter one. So that was a chapter. Let's get into the... Uh... I think that was chapters because that was about what it to get time in first impressions. That felt like we just read three different pilots stitched together. It really feels like we just read a summary. Like that was like a clip show of like an entire arc of a manga. I, it was like any one of those ideas could have been its own manga. I don't really know why the offer like why did you have a time skip in the middle of the first chapter? Yeah. Why did you start your second chapter after that time skip? You kind of need a time skip either within the first few pages or the last few pages. You know, like One Piece pulls off a time skip at the end of Romance Dawn and it makes a lot more sense. Or you need like a little bit of a cold open where, aha, cold open, where, you know, she finds him and then like, oh, five years passed and uh, there's still like the rest of the chapter to go through. Here, this was not well done. No. And it also means they completely skipped the mechanics of how the power system works in a way that would have naturally been explained. Because I bet we're going to see it. This is a really guess, but they're going to have like a similar scene where she doesn't know how something very fundamental to the magic system works because they need to explain it. But you're like, you just spent five years training. Why would you not know this? It's like in Beach Children, we have to explain kicking. So we're going to make the main character who's obsessed with rugby not know how kicking is important to the sport. (laughs) David, I'm not sure there's going to be a system here. I think it might just be like a wizard did it shit. (laughs) On the positive side, this art's really good. Good. Oh, it's beautiful. I think there's also a sense of stylistic. Like if you look at the first color pages, there's a lot of position and angling and metaphor that is actually pretty rare to see in manga like this. Yeah, no, I mean, this is like I got flashbacks to uh, Akaboshi, right? Where, uh, man, some of these pages look amazing. It's hard to follow and it's a poorly told story. But damn, damn, yeah. uh, you, you could fucking draw, dude. Like legitimately. Oh, yeah, the art is no notes on the art. No, no notes. It just looks really good. And it might trick you into thinking that this is actually a good manga. <laughs> This is the guy who should team up with the writer of Magachan. Ooh, hey. There you go. Yeah, there we go. That's the combination. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I also feel like this series is kind of trying to do like a fairy tale aesthetic, like not like a gothic fairy tale like Red Hood, but kind of like a Disney style one, which I don't think it did well. But I want to say at least it seemed like a novel idea for like the kind of the art aesthetic that we just haven't really seen in Shonen Jump. Again, it's just like the aesthetic is fine. It's just this manga falls apart on a fundamental storytelling level. Yeah. How do you fuck up your first chapter this badly? So many fucking questions. Like, how did he not know that he could just use magic? He taught her magic. He did shit like that. Yeah, they could have had it where it was like part of her training is she figured out how to make ice not melt. Yeah. And that's like how you show her like progression. And that was like her goal that she was secretly working towards. Like, how did she not know ice would melt if she took it out of the uh, the mountains? 
I don't know. Like, that didn't occur to her. Like, it wasn't some kind of thing where it's like this mysterious thing where his soul can't leave the mountain. No, his body would melt. Like, obviously. Like, is this Frosty? Did the hat and scarf allow him to walk? Or was he just, like, hanging out there? Or especially if he melted and she had, like, a cup of water she had to, like, carry with him all the time. That would have been something. By the way, this manga starts out with like some animals around there just kind of talking like, who's this? Oh, let me give you exposition on who this girl is. Blah, blah, blah. And it, just, it was awkward. It just didn't really make me feel like I was in the manga, in the world, getting to know this person. Yeah. There's a lot of shit. Like, was that monster just hanging out at the bottom of the forest? What the fuck was that monster doing? Well, they hit an invisible barrier, which caused it to spawn the first spas. Yeah, and because this chapter was three chapters, the fight between that big goat titty monster literally lasted like three pages and was over in a second. It was absurd. I didn't even realize that the monster was that big. Like, the monster is giant. They didn't show any comparison shots until suddenly Ginkgo was big, and it's like, wow, I guess the monster was giant. I didn't know that. Like, just, like, little shit like that throughout this manga, or at least throughout this first chapter, and probably through the rest of the manga, honestly. Yeah. I have not heard good things about this manga. No, I've heard it's fallen apart. It, it was hard to make guesses, because I've seen a lot of secondary conversation about this, and I was like, I can't guess this, because I know it happens. I actually did read a few chapters of this like months ago, but I don't remember anything about it, which might go to show you how this manga winds up. So I'm going to be very suspicious if you get all your cheapy guesses right. Yeah. Turns like in the second chapter, I have a feeling that this uh, just before we move into that, I do want to say I do appreciate that it has a strong female protagonist and that it doesn't feel like Ginka is doing everything for her. Rather, he is just kind of supportive of her because you can tell she's fully capable. Like when she thinks a bear broke into her house, she was like, oh, boy, I get to hunt a bear now rather than her being afraid that there's a bear in her house. There are a lot of things in this manga that I like theoretically. Like, yeah. I like the premise i don't even mind the actual plot of this chapter it's just told very poorly the uh execution the panel to panel storytelling is just not good no also david uh would you read another chapter of this no this if you can't fucking make your first chapter make sense as we've seen before usually most manga start if they start well they decline but this one's already not doing well yeah i would not read another 10 chapters of this was Harpo Cop and Dolphin like the only manga we've read where it's like first chapter is way worse than the overall quality of the series? Yeah, I, I can't think of other ones. I think that might be the case, at least on this show. I'm sure some listener will remind us of other series that we actually liked a lot more after the first chapter, but we'll see. Yeah. But how about you, Jordan? Well, you did kind of read a few chapters and then you dropped it, right? Yeah, I don't think I made it to 10 chapters, so you know the answer is no. <laughs> Understandable. Have a nice day. But yeah, let's get into the guesses. So my guesses are one of the magicians is Luna's mom or dad. Mm -hmm. Luna is going to meet a bunch of magicians who think she's lame because she's from the mountains and Ginka will have to cheer her up and it'll be a really cute heartwarming moment between them. Okay. And Ginka dies like that movie Jack Frost, which I forgot Michael Keaton played the main character in that movie. Oh, yeah. Is that what happened at the end? Of he Jack just, Frost? yeah, he just dies at the end. Oh, because winter ends, baby. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then there's a weird piece of trivia that says three out of four of Frank Zappa's children shows up in the movie. So I wonder why one of them thought they were too good to be in this movie. <laughs> it was probably Amit. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Frank Zappa's children. We got Moon Unit, Amit, Dweezil, and Diva Muffin. <laughs> wow. 
There we go. Those are his four children. And so my guesses are there's going to be a lot of attempts at tension where Ginka is like about to melt. Oh my God, Ginka's melting. What are we going to do? And then like bullshit happens to fix it. Uh, Next one is that deer never shows up again. Just never. Why would it though? It lives in the mountains. I guess, but it's like, it feels like an important character. I don't know. <laughs> that's my guess. Uh, my, okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a given. I don't know. Last one is there is no consistent magic system. Oh, that's good. I also want to note, I felt like any sort of guess that there'd be weird genre shifts is cheating because it already happened in the first chapter. Yeah. <sighs> so what's your power word? Uh, my power word is melting because this plot is melting. I like it. Mine is, um, I wish freezer burn was one word, but I said flopsided because like it's just three different manga pilots combined. More like flopsided. Oh, that's good. Boom, boom, boom. If anyone uses that term, I will sue you. Yeah, well, I will sue you because I made it up. No, I I think I said it. Well, I think we both did it. (laughs) You know, let's share copyright on it. Okay, sounds good to me. You inspired me. Yes, and I'm inspired to answer some questions from our Q&A, so let's dive in. As a reminder, you can post your questions in the Shonen Flop Discord, and we get priority to those that haven't asked a question before, had a question answered in a long time, and those who are our wonderful patrons. All right. Starting off with Generic Man, what flavor would a series bring to Flavortown? What flavor would which series bring to Flavortown? I'm confused by this. Um... Chocolate or poopy. Poopy flavor. Which one? most of these series are poopy. This one would bring the flavor of yellow snow. Speaking of Frank Zappa. Oh, fucking hell. Watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow. Jordan's just going to listen to a ton of Frank Zappa after this. I was listening to Frank Zappa because Tina Turner was uh, on a Frank Zappa song. R.I.P. Tina Turner. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, From Yachi Black. If you personally had to rewrite the first chapter of a flop manga, which would it be? Why? And what would you change? I guess, Jordan, actually, we could use this one. This is one that really badly needs a completely rewrite. Yeah. Which of like the four different ideas the series tried to do would you have stuck with? I would get like the uh, the time skip out within like the first two pages. I would have him say at the beginning, like, yeah, I'll help you out because I can't get off this mountain because I'll melt. And then like there could be some kind of justification for why he can't use the frost magic on himself. And then she learns it and makes it so that he can leave or something. I would have some kind of build up like maybe maybe the reason why she can't leave the mountain is because that monster monsters there Mm -hmm. you know and so like a lot of the training would be around her getting stronger to fight that monster actually i would probably put the time skip way towards the end i don't know like like you know like in one piece where it's like it ends with luffy just taking out that uh that fucking sea king yeah i honestly think it would have been fun to just show like him teaching her magic for like maybe one or two chapters and just that's a way you can kind of explain all of the magic system early and i think it would have been fun just to see like a survival story for a little bit yeah. Ashler, maybe make that the whole thing. Because I think like surviving in the mountains with magical powers could be a cool concept. It could. It wouldn't last like 100 chapters, but I think it's it's still a cool idea for a manga. Yeah, I mean, it would be cooler than what we got, probably. Something kind of interesting. <laughs> That's not hard to say. No. <laughs> Next question from ZZ Digital. Why do they call it an oven when you oven in cold food or out of hot eat the food? Does anyone really been far enough to even go where like? They don't think it'd be like that, but it do. From yeah. Weeboob's Ash, if you had to pick one of the flop protags to be your psychiatrist, who would it be? Um, Orpheus. I feel like we always go to Orpheus because he's the most competent adult character in any of the manga we've ever covered. 
Yeah, let's uh, let's kind of try not to do Orpheus because it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it the main character of Hellworn like really compassionate and like listening to people's problems really well? Yeah, I, I could go with that. Or the the guy I keep calling the doctor from Aliens Area. <laughs> He'd probably actually be pretty good at that too. Yeah. No. Um. Oh man. Uh. Or we can tell the little guy from Duran Duran all our issues. I was thinking the guy from Duran Duran actually, because he he's a nice guy. He he would be he would like pump you up, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know maybe that's not what you always want with a psychiatrist. <laughs> How about Magu? Uh, you know, I think if Ruru became a psychiatrist, she would do a good job. Oh, she would do a great job. Yeah. So that's my answer, Ruru. <laughs> Alt timeline, Ruru. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And then finally, our last question is from Meru, who asks, on a ranking where zero is One Piece and 10 is Kochikame, how much propaganda does your favorite manga have? <laughs> I don't have a favorite manga. So the question is, I guess, how much propaganda is there in Chainsaw Man for I was me? Just thinking, yeah, let's just fucking do Chainsaw Man. Uh, I was thinking about this. I feel Chainsaw Man has a little bit of propaganda, but it also shows how awful Makama is. It's complicated because, like, they're technically not cops, but they're kind of cops. Like, they're they're public servants that... Uh, I mean, they're literally public safety. That, yeah. That definitely rolls up into the police at some point. Yeah, no, it's definitely at least cop adjacent. So, you know, I would say Chainsaw Man has, like, I'd say, like, a four. Yeah, a four where I think it shows that all cops are bad guys, but it definitely shows that there's a lot of bad cops. Uh, again, it's like they're not literally like arresting people, but they're genociding demons, which, you know, they're demons. All right. So this is a bonus question because we have a few extra minutes from T. Wolfwood, who is listening in right now, asks, would you rather have crab stuffed mushrooms or a salt and vinegar chicken sandwich? Crab stuffed mushrooms. That actually sounds pretty good. I'd rather have a vinegar chicken sandwich. That doesn't sound bad, especially if it's like a marinade or something. And also, I don't eat crab. Really? Or mushrooms. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't eat crab, buddy. I'm Jewish. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, asshole. I, I don't eat kosher. Fucking whatever. It's okay. I like cheeseburgers too much. Oh, cheeseburgers are great. It was actually, I think today is cheeseburger day or hamburger day. Wait, so do you eat cheeseburgers? Yeah, I just don't. I do kosher light where I just don't eat pork or shellfish. Okay. Yeah. I was at like some kind of a restaurant and they had as an option like, uh, oh, the the Jewish sandwich. And it had like roast beef and Swiss cheese on it. And I'm Oof. like, dude, you're going to have a Jewish sandwich and like not make it kosher. Are you kidding me? <laughs> My friend is allergic to dairy, like not lactose and tart. Like he'll go into shock if he eats dairy. Oh, we were going to a kosher restaurant and he wanted me to call and I was like, okay, buddy, I'll call. It was like a deli and I was like, do you use dairy at all? And the guy just responds saying we're kosher. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's better to safe than sorry, but I was still like, come on, man. This is a place you know there is not going to be any dairy at this kosher deli. Yeah. See, a more dangerous thing is that my, my girlfriend is severely allergic to cucumbers and pickles. That is actually dangerous in a Jewish deli. Oh, mamma mia. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, that unfortunately is all the time we have for today. Jordan, I want to say thank you so much for all your hard work on the show and editing the chibi. Thank you, David. Thank you for your hard work on the show. I know that we recently had a Patreon episode with four people instead of three, which it was a great episode. But, you know, you add another person onto editing. It makes it immediately harder, like significantly. Yeah, but it was a great time. It was a great time, but I really appreciate you uh, working on that, man. Oh, no problem, man. And I also want to say props to Shannon for the awesome cover. Find her online at Illuminati. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutOfContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. 
Hey, those were those were the two people on the Patreon episode. It was indeed. And you can find us on Twitter at Show and Flopcast and our website, showandflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And hey, feel free to drop a comment on the YouTube videos. Those are always fun to read, and we are almost at a thousand subs. Oh my god, a thousand subs. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, more of a thousand doms kind of guy. Oh, 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 bazinga. David is submissive and breedable. God, I still can't believe, like, Finster is, like, the picture of that. <laughs> we had Rev on... Because Finster definitely has the most interesting career of any streamer in history. One of them. Where for context, Finster is like a Minecraft streamer and then had to do like a drag stream because they lost a bet and then they made a ton of money on it. And now they just have gone like all in on femboy shit and making like bank like they did a collab with uh, Belle Daphne. And you mean Belle Delphine? I was like, I almost was like, yeah, I wanted to bring that up to Rev, who is like a streamer. And my friend was like, why didn't you? And I was like, why do you think? Why do you think I probably shouldn't bring up like, hey, what do you think of? The streamer to femboy career directory of the streamer. <laughs> the streamer to femboy pipeline? Yeah. Oh, man. Good for him, though. Yeah. Oh, no, guys. Now I have to dress up as a girl. Oh, no, guys. No. Oh, no. <laughs> you look so beautiful. Uh, but you can find us on the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their awesome support. You get a ton of awesome perks like exclusive content, including Jordan. As we alluded to, what are we doing this month? Uh, we're finishing up Magu-chan, David. We got the final volume. It's the end of madness. Yeah. Cute madness, I mean. It's the end of cute madness. Aww. As I mentioned earlier with uh, Tucker and Maxie B, it's a, it was a great episode, you know? Yes. Our first ever time having two guests on. And congratulations, Maxie B, to uh, your new your new child. Oh, yes. Aww. Hopefully, um, I know that they're still waiting on that, but hopefully they are welcoming their child to the world by the time this drops. Yes. And you could even be sitting in and listening to our recording right now or listening to our warm-up audio and deleted scenes. Find us at patreon.com slash flop. And on that note, I'm going to read some of our wonderful patrons. We actually got a new patron yesterday, so good timing for them. Yay! Starting with our Chainsaw Man patrons, we have Dude Man Bro Guy, and if it weren't for electricity, we'd be watching television by candlelight. Moving on down to the Ravioli tier, where you get weekly photos of my adorable little pupperoo. She had a fun play date and some good times at the park, so there's going to be some good content coming out. We have Chris, Eva, Israfant, Josh Robinson, Karate Chop 6, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. I hope she's having a great time in Hawaii. You did it. You pronounced it correct. You, you said the right word, David. You did it. I really try. She was stressed about her nails, so I sent her money on Venmo so she could go get them professionally done. Aww. Scarlet Mirmanen and Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have 090Z, Shala Florine, Ego, fuck, 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 Virgin Sean 3.14 of Digits of Pie. Nice. He actually messaged me and said, hey, just a heads up about my name. I'm just fucking with the anime out of context, people. I know. Uh, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Kirbymon, Marty, Max Baker, T, The Dungeon Master Next Door, The Real Jory, The Wolf, The Wood, and The Trafalgar. Thank you so much for listening in right now. Yeah. And Tommy Boy. Moving on down to the Galactic Ball Federation officers, we have a mid-sized sedan, Andy's Islands, Blamumu, Brian Sexton, David Ackerson, Dennis James Moan, Drago, Drew, Dylan Kreider, Nigel, Generic Man, Green, Hans, Heavy Metal Hermit Crab, Keanu, Lincoln Frey, Majority Gosling, Manly Pihal, Marabara, My Father, Matt Solovich, Mike Carpenter, Ralph Iska, Resident Warhammer Nerd, oh, hold Resident on. 
Mendoza. Hold on, hold on. Resident Warhammer nerd, by the way, you have you uh you been playing 40k bolt gun? I've been playing it. That game rules. Fuck yeah. Needs an auto map. But besides that, the game fucking rules. Alright, keep going. <laughs> Rosenda Mendoza, Ryan Jasinski, Sarah Hydra, Scott Fischler, Simic for Senpai Ash, Staghorn, Tapir Clip, Tucker, Wright, and ZZ Digital. Thank you all so much for your wonderful support. Yes, thank you so much. We love you all. And Jordan, anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Check out my Insta, Jordan Forbes Art. I haven't really been posting anything to it recently, but still check it out, I guess. Listen to Mission Ignition. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you. I love you all. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Monday as we give our full thoughts on Ginka and Luna, featuring Evan Gard. Yeah, this has been Jordan. This has been David. You've been listening to the show to Flop, David. Say it. Keep on flopping floppers. Bye.